Banking may not sound like a place for fun and games, but what if serious content can be taught to employees and connected to customers in amusing and engaging ways? Welcome to the world of gamification, and to explain how it works and its multiple benefits, we'll talk with John Findlay, founder and CEO of LaunchFire. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast and great to have you here with us. And what a treat we have today. We have John Finley, who is the CEO and founder of LaunchFire. As a founding partner of LaunchFire, which is a digital engagement shop, John helps banks with the human side of digital transformation. He's been turning boring stuff, right, (laughs) into games since he was a kid and somehow managed to make a career out of it. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It truly is amazing, this gamification concept, and you are passionate about it. Can you share a little bit about what gamification is and how you've seen this drive digital adoption? So I see there's two sides to it. Gamification is the process of adding game elements to an otherwise non-game task. And so gamification is only one element of what you need to do to drive that adoption. Gamification needs to be combined with game-based learning, which are two different things. So where gamification would be adding those game elements to existing experiences, like say for example, you're trying to train someone, you could have them read a PDF and when they finish reading a PDF, they get a badge. Well, that's technically gamification, but we don't really believe that that works because the problem there still is that your content sucks. (laughs) I mean, you still had to read a PDF and the delivery mechanism wasn't great. But if I take that PDF, and I take its content and morph that into a game so that you learn through play. Now I've got game-based learning, and game-based learning is engaging because I've changed the delivery mechanism and I've actually changed the content. Now, on top of that game-based learning experience, I can tack on gamification elements like leaderboards, scores, badges, levels, and so forth. So the second part of your question was how we would use that for driving digital adoption. And, you know, digital adoption is a challenge for banks. They're rolling out new tech. And what our clients tell us is we've got this great new bank tech that's going to make our customers' lives way easier. But strangely, adoption rates aren't where they need to be. And so we believe that in order to drive adoption, you need a two-pronged approach. You've got to educate your customers about the value propositions of your new tech and why it's going to make their life so much easier. But then you've also got to get your employees on board because your employees, that frontline staff, they're also the mechanism that your customers experience your bank for learning about your new tech. Every customer that comes into your branch is a marketing opportunity, conversion opportunity. So you need your frontline staff up to speed and evangelizing those products. The trouble is for frontline staff is that Often when banks roll out new tech, frontline staff feel like they're out on an island. They don't have great training. And in a lot of cases, they don't bank with the bank itself, so they don't have occasion to use the tools. So when customers come in, they're reluctant to recommend it because they don't know how to use the tools themselves. Nobody's going to recommend something that they at least don't have an understanding of, let alone not passionate about. We believe that gamification is a great way and game-based learning is a great way to engage frontline staff to educate them about 
game-based learning we use for foundational knowledge, how that products are going to benefit people's lives. And then we use challenge-based simulators, which simulate digital applications and issue a challenge like send your mom an e-transfer for 200 bucks in 20 seconds or something. So challenge people to use the tool and make that a game. And that increases their product knowledge. And then lastly, we use role play scenarios to let people practice advocacies. A virtual customer comes in, explains what they want to do at the branch today, and you have to spot opportunities to promote that tech. So morphing these experiences into a game and making it fun for people to understand why the tech's valuable, understand how to use the tech, and understand how to spot opportunities to recommend it, that's kind of the recipe we're using and morphing that all into a game to make it fun for frontline staff. Because we believe those frontline staffers are a key conduit to driving that adoption. Now, recently, your team published an article, Three Reasons Staff Don't Promote Digital Banking. Help us understand what you dug into and why it matters. Awesome question. We've spent a lot of time talking to frontline staff to understand what were the obstacles for them? Why weren't they enthusiastic about digital technology? And the first one is, you know, they're a little bit worried about their jobs being automated out by these digital applications. And, you know, nobody wants to work themselves out of a job. But there are some great answers that banks have that they should be conveying to their frontline staff to allay those fears. One of our bank clients at TD Bank told us that they could save about $100 million a year by firing people. But they estimated that last year, they made about a billion dollars in increased sales through frontline staff deepening relationship with clients and actually driving adoption of new products and services, selling new products and services. So there's a great answer to these frontline staffers who are concerned about their job, and that is become a digital savvy employee and you become infinitely more valuable to the bank. The people that will be the first to be downsized are those who refuse to become digitally savvy employees. And so I think that job security concern can be can be quashed by sort of progressive banks that understand that the digital employees, people who actually can evangelize the product and understand it, are actually quite valuable at them driving the adoption and increasing sales through through frontline experience. So that's one. The other one I kind of alluded to a couple seconds ago is that Often employees don't feel they have the best training on the new apps and new technologies. And, you know, nobody's going to recommend a product that they're not familiar with. The last thing you want to do is recommend, um, hey, did you know you can use mobile check deposit? And then the customer says, sure, show me how to use it. And you don't know how to use it. You painted yourself into a corner. Nobody wants to expose themselves to that risk. And so the employees feel they don't have the necessary training. So that makes them very reluctant to evangelize the product. And that lack of training leads to the last concern we hear from employees, and that is that they lack confidence in recommending the products. That sort of is the result of lack of training. To take it one step further, now you've got digital product owners whose job it is to drive adoption. They realize their frontline staff are a key conduit for driving adoption. But they look at, look, and look at their existing learning solutions and they realize we don't have the right solutions here in the bank. Often they're dealing with sort of old antiquated learning management systems that can't develop the type of rich, engaging content to get those frontline staffers on board. So they're stuck using old tools to try to train staff on new technologies, which doesn't really fit. So those are the kinds of challenges that we're seeing with frontline staff and also with the product owners at banks. This, to me, is compelling. I'm sure people listening to this podcast will agree. 
But suppose they came to you and said, John, I love where you're coming from. I have no idea where to start. What would you advise them? Well, if it's a product owner who comes to me and says, we've got this new product in market and my task is to get customers to use it, I would start with a two-pronged approach. I would be looking at the things that I need to do to engage customers. How can I get customers' attention? And then I would be looking at what I need to do to engage employees so that they're evangelizing it in branch. Now, what we've seen with North American banks is running national television campaigns to promote their bank tech. We don't think that's the best solution. The vast majority of a national audience are actually not your customers. And so you're advertising your bank tech to a whole bunch of people who don't bank with you, which is a significant waste of media dollars. Secondly, I don't believe people actually watch television ads anymore. Most people are at the very least flipping the channel and at worst watching Netflix and have abandoned cable TV altogether. So I think that you need to find ways to market directly to your customers and you need to make it fun for your customers to learn about your products and understand them. And that is another area where you can apply game tactics to make it fun for customers to learn and understand your products. So I'd be looking at how can I engage my customers without creating a whole bunch of media waste by creating campaigns that reach out to a broader audience than my customer base? That's one. And then how do I engage my frontline staff? So not only tellers, but phone channel, support channel, that kind of stuff, concierge if you have such thing in the bank. All of those people need to be on board. Everybody has to be pulling on the same rope in order to drive adoption and to create this culture where when customers come in, it's always on frontline staff's mind to try to convert them into the digital customer. My first place would be to look at how can I take the two-pronged approach that will offer value and be compelling to both customers and employees. Speaking of conversion, <laughs> you've converted me, but then again, I was a very willing convert given the gamification and the game-based learning elements you've worked in here. John, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You're very welcome. I really appreciate it. John Finley is a founding partner of LaunchFire, a digital engagement shop. You can look for John on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, gamification is the process of adding game elements to a non-game task. So here's how it works. Reading a PDF and getting a badge is basic gamification, but turning the content into a game is the basis of an even more powerful tool. That's game-based learning. It's about converting boring content into an active, engaging process. Number two. When it comes to learning new banking tools, frontline staff aren't enthusiastic about it. Here's why. They fear digital technology will replace them. But the numbers tell a different story. In the case of one bank, $100 million that could be saved by firing employees is dwarfed by the $1 billion the training and equipping them as digitally savvy representatives can make for the bank's bottom line. And number three. Getting customers to use a new product involves two areas, engaging those customers and, of course, employees. Market directly to your customers without media waste and consider game elements to make it appealing, enticing, and, yeah, fun. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you... 
the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their career. Can corporate training be a training ground for bigger things? Or you might say an arena. Here's how John Findlay, hockey fan, found a way to score a big win in 1999 by applying games as a magnet and launching the business known as Launchfire. Listen. I was a corporate trainer and it wasn't my favorite job in the world and so occasionally I would waste a little bit of time online and one day I was on TSN which is Canada's version of ESPN it's a sports website and I was looking at hockey scores because I'm a Canadian guy so that's what I do and there was a banner ad for ESSO on which I clicked that took me to their boring corporate website and the same day I happened to read an article that said banner ad click-through rates were sinking through the floor I thought to myself well, that makes a lot of sense. Who wants to leave entertaining content to go and view an ad? It's tantamount to running an ad on Channel 7 on TV that says, turn to Channel 49 to watch our 24-hour commercial. Nobody would ever do that. So I thought about that television methodology, which is using content to manufacture an audience and then nesting advertising within the content. And I thought, I wonder how we could do that online. I did some research into what people were doing online. Number one back in 99 was surfing pornography. I didn't want to get into that business because my mom would have been disappointed. The number two thing they were doing was playing games. So that's where I got the thought that games could serve as that magnet for an audience. And then we could inject the advertising into the games. And that was kind of the genesis for Launchfire because we did start more on the marketing side of the business. And as we head off into the sunset here, we at BAI want to thank you, the listeners, for a fantastic 2018. The podcast continues to grow in listenership, and it's all because of you. Also, sending a shout-out to our producer extraordinaire, James Grady, for all of his efforts on the podcast this year. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carlozo, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.